Our precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have today to gather together to worship the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we recognize that today we're not gathered together in one place, but rather we're separated throughout our community and throughout our state and even our nation. But yet we're able together to worship the Lord. Father, I pray for those in our community today that are suffering from COVID-19. Father, I pray for your healing power to rest upon them. Father, I want to pray for those that are in the medical community that are working to, to help bring healing and wholeness to those that are suffering. I pray that you would keep them safe. I plead your blood over them today that they might be able to continue the work that they're doing. Father, I also want to hold up those in our community that work in our educational system, whether they're teacher's aides, whether they're principals, or their staff, or secretaries, or bus drivers, or, or, or uh, administrators. Father, whoever they are, Father, I pray that you would touch them in the name of Jesus, and I pray that you would bring comfort and rest to their minds. I pray for our students that are being challenged, some with online learning and some with still going on a daily basis. Father, I pray that you would be with them and strengthen them during this challenging time, we pray. And Father, as we look into your word today, I pray that you would speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. It's great to be with you, and I'm looking forward to today because as we continue this series of messages called Thanks Living, we are getting very close to the Thanksgiving holiday. And even though this is a year when maybe it feels like we don't have as much to be thankful for, I really want to challenge our thinking today because I believe that we can live a life of gratitude. I want you to know that Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the year. Now, I've told you this before, that Thanksgiving is the time when my side of the family, we all gather. We gather with our, our folks. We gather with my siblings, uh, our wives, our, our kids, now our grandkids. And it is something that we absolutely cherish, and we love doing that. I just want to share a few random Thanksgiving facts with you that I think might either humor you or you might find interesting. The first one is this. When we travel at Thanksgiving, the average length of road trip on Thanksgiving is 214 miles. I think we probably actually, rather than driving that, it would work better if we walked it or ran it because Americans on Thanksgiving will eat 736 million pounds of turkey. That represents 46 million birds that will be eaten on Thanksgiving Day. Now, my responsibility 
at our Thanksgiving uh, event is to actually carve the turkey, but I've also, over the last few years, begun taking over the preparation process for the turkey, and so I'm in that bird up to my elbows, and I love the fact that on Thanksgiving Day, Americans will consume 3,000 calories. And contained in those 3,000 calories per person, we consume a total of 500 million pumpkin pies on Thanksgiving Day. I want you to know this little fact. Sweet potatoes aren't actually potatoes at all. And that green bean casserole that you like, you know, the one with the, with the, the fried onions on top, you know, the breaded fried onions, that was not a recipe developed by your grandmother or mine. It was actually developed by Campbell's Soup as a way to sell more soup. Now, Thanksgiving can certainly be a double-edged sword emotionally for people. While many of you have a Thanksgiving uh, feeling like I do, where it's filled with positive feelings, it's very life-giving, it's very joyful. On the other hand, I'm reminded that there are others that have a very different experience in their gathering because their families are very different. It might be something that's a very uh, depressing event. It might be something that reminds them of, of just depression in general. It's, it's filled with sadness rather than joy. Because throughout the years, there's been a lot of abuse that's taken place. There's a lot of dysfunction in their home and in their family. You know, I think it's interesting because those feelings whether positive or negative, those full range of, of, of the, the spectrum of those feelings can exist even within one family. Last week, I shared a message with you, and I shared with you that I believe that our gratitude does not have to be based on our circumstances. And today, I would like to share with you a message that our thanksgiving, our gratitude, is and can be a choice that we make. Now, you may be wondering, how can I make a choice to be thankful, or how can I make a choice to live a life of gratitude? I'd like to share with you today three different choices that I believe that we are faced with, and when we make those choices, we can be people of gratitude. The first choice is this. It's a choice between control and surrender. Now, the Thanksgiving meal is really an amazing event. As I mentioned earlier, there's, there's turkey, there's pie, there's stuffing, and, and I'm particular about my stuffing. I like the kind of stuffing that my mom made when we were kids. There's potatoes. There's those sweet potatoes that aren't really potatoes. There's pie. There's gravy. There's fruit salad. There's pie. There's corn casserole. There's jello salad. And did I mention that there's pie? I think I'm stuck on pie. But you know what? The thing that amazes me the most 
about that Thanksgiving meal is that the person that's in charge does everything that they can do to get everything to the table while it's still hot. Last year, on our way to our Thanksgiving gathering with my family, my phone began to ring. This is not necessarily unusual because in my family, when we're on our way to family events, we call each other so we can start talking ahead of time before we get there and begin talking. But my phone was ringing and it was a little different this time because they weren't interested in just starting that, the chatter that was going to happen throughout the course of our time together. I was informed that my sister-in-law, whose house we were going to, had taken ill and that she was not going to be able to cook the Thanksgiving meal. And we were the ones that were being challenged. In fact, they said, Kevin, you're going to have to make sure you get here and cook that turkey. And by the way, you're going to have to cook the rest of the meal. I remember turning to my wife and I said to her, honey, would you please help me? Don't leave me on this because I'm in way over my head. And my lovely wife, she helped me and we got a great Thanksgiving meal cooked that day. But I remember walking in the house and getting into the kitchen. We were at my brother's home. It was a house that they had just moved into. He didn't even know where anything was. And I remember the first thing that I did was tell everybody to get out of the kitchen. That was a place that we were going to work. It was my domain. Get out of my kitchen. We've got to get this done. You know, I think sometimes we really like to, to be in control. At least sometimes I know that I do. But what happens when our lives are out of control? When things begin to fall apart? When our emotions are all over the map? And things at our job are really going terrible. And our finances have taken an unexpected turn for the worse. And we don't know what to do. Or a relationship has gone in a direction that is just outside of our control. And we find ourselves very stressed out. We are very fearful. What happens? Well, I think one of the common responses that I would have is that I would try, try to tighten my grip and regain that control. And generally we find that doing this doesn't tend to work. It actually makes things worse. So how do we live a life of gratitude when things are out of control? I want to read from Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 where the Apostle Paul says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition... With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You know, when we have a lack of control and things are really coming apart at the seams, it really causes anxiety to rise up in our hearts and in our minds. And the harder we try to get it under control, sometimes the more out of control it gets. It's like a vicious cycle of anxiety and control. And thanksgiving and gratitude, even in those situations, should be our response to every situation on a daily basis. 
but we wonder how do we accomplish this? Because in those times when it, life gets out of control, thanksgiving and gratitude, it literally seems to, to go against our natural way of thinking and being and doing. Psalms 20 verse 7 says something interesting. Let me read it for you. It says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Those chariots and those horses, that represented the greatest military power and might and ability that existed on the earth. And through that military might and power and ability, someone could could, could develop control over others. Some people trust only in those things through which they can gain control. Control is the act, ultimately, of trusting in oneself. But if we're going to live a life of gratitude, we must give control over to God, and we must trust him. We need to choose to trust God rather than ourselves. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. When things seem to be out of control, don't allow anxiety to come in and take over your thought process, to come in and take over in your heart. Choose to put your trust in God and begin to be thankful. Choice number two is self-reliance versus one other thing that I think is important, self-reliance versus dependence. Now, self-reliance is when we rely on our own powers, our own resources, and our own ability. But dependence, on the other hand, is when we rely on someone or something else. Mark Twain, during his career, at one point was contracted to write articles, and he was paid $5 a word. Someone in an interview asked Mark Twain, at those kinds of prices, at $5 a word, what was the most significant word that Mark Twain knew? Twain said his answer was very simple. The most significant word he believed was the word thanks. Thanks is an expression of gratitude. Thanks acknowledges that someone else is responsible. Thanks expresses grateful acceptance of what someone or something else has provided. The Apostle Paul, we read, asked God three different times to remove what he called a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan that was sent to torment him. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, he writes God's response 
to that prayer. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. What God is saying is that his grace provides enough of what we need to get us through. And so when we express gratitude, when we express thanksgiving, what we are doing is saying that we are relying on God's grace, that God's grace is enough. It is sufficient for us. Throughout Paul's lifetime, Paul praised God even in the midst of incredible suffering. I want you to know that thanksgiving can literally flourish in every area of our lives, no matter what's happening. You might ask today, how can we get to this point? Because I have to be honest, I just don't feel like I'm in that place, like I can actually do that, where I, where I can thank God that way. Friends, the answer is both simple and profound. The answer is prayer. Jesus said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Jesus said, we've got to come to God. That's what prayer is when we come to God and we ask. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18, where Paul says this, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you something about the word thanksgiving and thanks that Paul uses. That is not a suggestion. When Paul writes that, he writes it as a command. In the Greek, it's called an imperative. It's a command that's based on the authority of another. It's not a request. And that word also is not a one-time thing, but he literally means keep on giving thanks. It's a command. Keep on giving thanks in every situation. I want you to notice that the Apostle Paul doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances or for all situations. What he says is give thanks in all circumstances. We can give thanks even when we're in the middle of that circumstance. And we need to be continuing to keep on giving thanks in those circumstances. You say, Pastor Kevin, how is that possible? I just, I just don't know if I can do it. There's just, there's just too much. I'm not sure. Let's look at what Paul says in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, be watchful and thankful. What we can do and what we need to do is take everything to God in prayer. No matter how difficult the circumstance is, we can 
live a life of gratitude, but in order to do it, we've got to take it to God in prayer. And I know that you're tempted just like I am to try to do it myself And we've got to work as hard as we can. And I want you to know that I'm with you there. I feel that desire. When things are out of control, I've got to do something. And I'm sure that you feel that same way. And I want you to work like it's all up to you. But I want you to pray like it's all up to God. And like you have nothing to do with the solution. Choice number three that I want us to look at is grumble versus glorify. We love to grumble and complain as humans. It gives us this chance to sort of express our feelings as negative as they may be, but we really enjoy doing that. Look at what Colossians chapter 3 says, beginning at verse 16. It says, let the message of Christ... Dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do you know that it is impossible to grumble about your circumstances while at the same time glorifying God. If giving thanks in all circumstances is God's will for your life, then grumbling would not be God's will for our lives. We can choose to grumble, or we can choose to glorify God in all circumstances in our lives. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 14, Paul says this, do everything without grumbling or arguing. I know some of us, we we would love to just remind other people in our lives about that, and I'll bet people would like to remind us, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Friends, I want you to know that I believe that gratitude will unlock God's joy in your life. And I believe that we can say, I'm going to choose to give God the praise in every circumstance. Say, how how can this be? I would have to ignore my circumstances in order to do that. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 15. Paul says this, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, I want you to know that just like in Paul's day, we're living 
in evil days. And just like in Paul's day, people are seeking out pleasures in this world as a means of escaping reality. Paul said instead of doing that, he said, I want you to be filled with the Spirit. He said, I want you to sing from your heart to the Lord. I want you to begin to praise God and thank God for the things that he's done. Psalm 71 and verse 3, the psalmist writes this, My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you. When we begin to praise God, even in that difficult circumstance, there is joy that will come to our hearts because we have set aside the grumbling. We have set aside the negativity and we have said, God, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to give glory to your name. When we choose to glorify God over grumbling, it releases God's joy into our lives. As I close my message today, I just want to say a couple of sobering things for each of us because I realize that we're in a difficult time. I realize that you might be at home right now actually recovering from this virus. You might have a family member that's in the hospital recovering. You might have a job that's been affected you might find yourself slipping into anxiety and fear. And so I want to challenge us as we sit around our tables on Thursday of this next week for Thanksgiving. I think we're going to be tempted to grumble. I think we're going to be tempted because my table's going to look different my table's not going to have my dad. My table is not going to include my brothers and their wives, our children and their spouses and grandkids. It's going to look very different. It's going to feel like it's very underpopulated because at least with us, it's just going to be our family. We're not going to be able to get together with our daughter Becca across the miles other than to do so on FaceTime and, and be able to see her face and do some activities together during the day. It's going to be easy to want to grumble. But I want you to remember a few things. And these are sobering things. But I think if we remind ourselves, it will help us to live a life of gratitude you and I are part of only 6% of the world that has enough food on a regular basis. During the half an hour or so that it's going to take you and I to devour our Thanksgiving meal, there will be over 400 people in the world who die of starvation. In the time that it's going to take the lions to play their game on that afternoon, that number will grow to over 1,500 people. And on Thanksgiving Day, 
there will be 21,000 people who die from hunger and malnutrition. Friends, the choice is ours. I know that we're, we're up against something very difficult, but we still have a choice. A choice between control and surrender, a choice between self-reliance and dependence on God, a choice between grumbling and giving glory to God. And my prayer for you today is that you will make the choice. Make the choice to trust God. Even in the face of this difficult time, a choice to trust God, to believe that God's grace is enough. It is sufficient for whatever you're going through. To make the choice to pray, to take your circumstances, to take your anxiety, to take it all to God. And through prayer and thanksgiving, let those requests be made known unto God and make the choice to praise and worship him, to let a song rise up from your heart and to give God glory. Would you bow your heads with me? Our precious Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity that we have had to be able to gather. Father, I pray that we would endeavor to live lives of gratitude, that we would do everything possible, God, to, to ultimately depend on you. God, that, that we would, rather than grumble, that we would glorify you. Father, that we would depend on you, that we would acknowledge you as our source. And Father, I pray today for the one that is struggling, I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would minister, Lord, to us. And I pray that we would lay those anxieties and those fears at your feet and that in its place we would begin to thank you, that we would begin to live a life of gratitude. Father, I pray for the one that is, that is really searching today and all of this pandemic has caused them to begin to search for an answer, to search for hope. Father, I pray today that they would come to the realization that there's hope in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that even now, they would simply come to you and say, God, I come to you. I bring all that I am, all that I've ever been, all that I've ever done, I bring it to you, and I acknowledge my need of you. I'm a sinner. And so, God, I ask you to forgive me. I need hope. And I believe that there's hope in you. Father, I thank you that because we have the ability to come to you. Hope can be restored. I thank you and I praise you today. And I pray that we would live a life of gratitude. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friend, if you prayed with me this morning a prayer similar to what I prayed, we would like to put a special gift in your hands. If you could simply reach out and and either through our website at silvercreekchurch.org or just message us through Facebook, a private message if need be, and let us know that you have accepted Christ today. We have a gift we'd like to put in your hands. We're so glad that you've been here with us today. I want you to know that we're praying for you and we're believing that God is going to continue to do great things. Friends, it's been a joy to be with you today. I pray that you will have a wonderful Thanksgiving day this week. God bless you, and we will see you very soon.